today. Uh, the Department of Justice is dropping its case against former Trump advisor Michael Flynn. Uh, Pelosi and Schumer are set to unveil a multi-trillion dollar Rooseveltian coronavirus relief package. And Dallas salon owner Shelley Luther has been released from jail. We've got a lot to get into, folks, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez today, joined by conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield back in the house. We've also got political consultant Luke Macias and Blaze TV contributor Eric July. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, we, and we've got a lot to get into, obviously, because I just walked on set with these fine gentlemen here and was like, oh, crap, there's breaking news. <laughs> The Flynn case has just been dropped, so uh, we gathered all our information together about that. And as it turns out, the Justice Department is dropping its case against Michael Flynn. Now, uh, before this decision today, uh, Flynn had sought to withdraw his guilty plea, in which, of course, he admitted lying to the FBI about his contacts with a Russian ambassador. Um, but as these little tidbits were being released finally from the Justice Department after the FBI had stonewalled the investigation... Turns out all of these FBI, uh, you know, contacts, uh, these people who are supposed to be working for the government are actually trying basically to entrap Flynn, trying to get him to lie. That was written on some of the notes, as we found out from the investigation, the contact with Flynn was get him to lie. Uh, and now, as it turns out, the case has dropped. I, I would argue they weren't working for the government. They were working for the Hillary Clinton campaign. Yeah. And they were doing everything they could to hang out to dry anybody associated with President Trump's campaign. And so what you saw over the last week was a number of documents being released, including that unredacted document coming out of the FBI that basically showed the ridiculousness of the case against Flynn and the ultimate goal that they wanted to try to either get him to lie so he could be prosecuted or either fired from, from Trump. And so, look, I predicted a long time ago that this case would go away. There was no way that it was going to stand. I didn't know it was going to happen today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just happened a little while ago. But uh, I'm awful glad it did. And I would tell President Trump, hire this man back. Yeah, what do you think, Luke? It's just a sad day because I feel like the American people are rightfully losing so much trust in institutions that they previously at least thought there was a separation, right, from, okay, politicians, even in this party or this party, I'm not sure if I trust, but law enforcement, people in the intelligence community, I generally think that there's some amount of unbiased decision-making to seek out justice. And that has proven to not be the case. And so I just think we have to realize with the current crisis we're in and with all of these changes that come out that the people in general are going to lose trust in institutions that they previously had given quite a bit to. And of course, I'd be the guy to say that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah. fantastic thing. But no, it's, this is this is the reality of the situation. I mean, we're all analyzing this. Um, like you said, multiple different things are happening right now. We're looking to these these sort of alphabet. Um, you, you look at them and you're like, all right, they're going to have some sort of object objectivity, right? Yeah, it's like that's what you hope. <laughs> that's I, to me, I've always thought that was a pipe dream to to look at it that way. I think they all have ulterior motives and they're, they're humans with uh, political leanings and slants as well. And this is what happens. And unfortunately, you know, people have to learn the hard way. Uh, they, they hope for some sort of outcome. They don't get it. And they're like, wait a minute. What, what, what I, thought, I thought this was going to be the case. I thought this and I thought that. And I, I want people to lose trust in it um, because I think that the individuals should have, you know, more so power within themselves Great instead point. of uh, looking to these sort of institutions to, to save them. 
Um, and uh, this, to me, is a good thing. But what I'm hoping doesn't happen, and I think this is where a lot of the commentators come in to, to play to point this out and look where they failed. What I hope doesn't happen is that people advocate for like more, um, you know, growth of these government institutions to sort of become more powerful because that seems to be the excuse. We're seeing it right now with this virus that they're like, well, if I have more power, then I could solve this particular issue. And as people are scared, even though losing faith, they think, well, this guy has the right ideas. If we just give him some more power, we can sort of uh, come up with some solutions. So I think it is on guys like ourselves to say, you know, see, this is what you know, you're sort of getting what you what you deserve out of all of this. But the answer is not to look to that institution again um, or let's say we got to swap out to get the right people within this sort of um, industry. It's that there's something wrong with how this uh, this this power exists um, as it is. Yeah, well, and I mean, to your point, Eric, you know, when you think about all of the people who could have had the same thing happen to them, but they're just mm -hmm. an average everyday citizen. They don't have the means that General Flynn does to have these lawyers. You know, he's a highly Ooh. decorated veteran. If this can happen to him, mm. who has it been happening to who ha just doesn't have the means to be able to speak up? Well, we know what happened during the Tea Party movement, and we know that the IRS targeted them. The IRS is the only agency where you are guilty and you have to prove yourself innocent. It goes against everything that this country was and, built on. And there's on. never been any trust that the American people have put in the IRS. No. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> we can all point. come to an agreement on that. Well, people turn to government to make a decision. What was a good decision the government has made that anybody can remember take outside of a military operation? What has been a good decision that has worked out really well? Mm. I can't name I can't any. Think of anything. I can't think of anything. However, I, what I can think of is a headline that I saw today about how the United States Postal Service, despite receiving, you know, all of these billions, possibly trillions of dollars of bailout money, constantly is now still asking for more <laughs> money. And I'm just like, so at what point do we just say this was a failure? Yeah, they went not under, do they it. They should have went under a long time. Yeah. Like, like a century, like they should have. They should have been uh, when when the, that's that's what happens. I mean, and unfortunately, these bail, bailouts are propping some of these folks up, some of these different different industries mm -hmm. up because it's the same thing where it's like, all right, well, government creates a problem, and people look to the government to solve it, whether it be with money, with more rules, with more laws, with more orders. Um, and they make the problem worse, which is to me the most intriguing. Is like, how can they? We, we were talking about mm -hmm. this uh, earlier, and like how they could come up with the worst possible solution. Yep. You know what I mean to something. And you, even if you're like, all right, I'll concede that you had to do something, which I would obviously never concede right, that. But even right. if that, if I did, I was like, that's the worst thing you could have possibly done. You're propping up these industries, you're bailing them out, and it's the worst thing that they could do. But they continue to do it. And to me, it's like intriguing because it, it was right when I think I like they can't get any worse. They get worse. Like it's almost nice. impressive. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and Luke can talk about this. You're so involved in politics at a state level. It's about power. And so whether you're in Washington, whether you're in Austin, Texas, or whether you're in City Hall, if you control the purse strings, if you control the money, if you're the guy saying yes to bail out this industry or that industry, well, guess what? That's power. They don't care about any of us sitting at this table. They certainly don't care about anybody watching this program. They care about themselves. They put self-interest over national interest every day of the week. And that's what happens in Washington. And I promise you, it's happening at City Hall. Mm. Yeah. Um, Luke, you know, you also will see, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. Um, you've got 
a lot of blue check marks I've seen already, you know, are these armchair quarterbacks online who want to come in and say, oh, well, I, apparently if you're the president's friend, you're subject to a whole different, you know, set of laws than the average citizen where you and, you know, all of you here and myself are looking at the actual facts that are coming out and saying, how could you possibly come to any any conclusion that is like that. It'll be interesting to see how this is reported yeah. by those blue check marks by the mainstream media because I, I really want to see what Americans are going to pay attention to in this. Are they going to go and seek the actual facts mm. or are they going to listen to these blue check marks say this is just another example of, you know, the president's bias yep. and, uh, you know, the, the kind of preferential treatment you get if you're connected to the president. Hey, we've got blue check marks. We're not saying that. Well, that's <laughs> We're different. Yeah. Hey, I, I only... I he stopped criticizing blue check marks once I, he got a blue check mark. He's like, mean hey, blue check marks, cool you're a real person. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. That's right. That's but, Luke, what are your thoughts on that? You know, first of all, the question is how many people are going to read about this at all since all they care about is coronavirus for the most part. So I think that's a real question to ask about how much this is really going to penetrate the psyche of the average American, how much they're even going to think about this in a month or two months. Um, we really don't know what November is going to be about right now. I know it's not going to be about Michael Flynn. I, it might be about coronavirus. It might be about the economy. It might be about Joe Biden and all of his problems. It might be about what they said in the last debate. So this issue is not going to carry uh, through to November at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, you guys were sitting here talking about all of the ways that the government can waste our money and all of these horrible programs. Let's talk about uh, the program that uh, Pelosi and Schumer are set to unveil, the new coronavirus relief package. What is this, number 10? Yeah. I feel like just a couple weeks ago, it was like, coronavirus relief package, 3.5. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, we're doing the 0.5s now. That's mm -hmm. when you know that they're doing too many. They're like, we got to start labeling these by halves. Uh, so it's supposed to be a multi-trillion dollar Rooseveltian, oh goody, mm -hmm. uh, package that uh, will likely dwarf. It's coming like worse Roosevelt. Like, it's coming like the tournament camps? Or is that, is that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that might come separate. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, we haven't seen it yet. So we'll have to. They are Democrats. So possibly. This will likely apparently dwarf the $2.2 trillion mm. CARES Act, which of course passed back in March. Um, Eric, I, I'm just. Look, I, 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 I go back and forth on this because I'm like, okay. You can't tell everyone they have to shut down their business and not give them anything in return, right? You have to compensate them somehow, but at the same time, I'm like, right, but like, at what point do we start saying we're, we don't want our kids, kids, kids to have to pay Well, because that's this. exactly what's happening. They're literally selling off assets of the unborn. I, mean, I was talking, Rand Paul was asked about this um, by some reporter about, mm -hmm. and he was like, there is no actual money. Yeah. You know, like, we have to get it. We're going to have to borrow it from China, yeah. um, ironically enough, yeah. if, we, if we're going to, but there's no money. But this goes back to the fact that the government is, applies the worst solu solution possible. Mm -hmm. So we recognize that a lot of people are unfortunately out of work, but that's their fault. You know what I mean? Like, this government, ma maybe it didn't come from a more of a national standpoint. Uh, it came from at more at the state level, but still, nonetheless, that's the issue. Yeah. So so it seems like we address that definitely now that all this evidence is out here that it's not nearly as dangerous as what they originally anticipated their own test of saying that. Mm -hmm. So you think that, you know, you analyze the facts as they are and say, OK, let these people assume whatever like we had been doing before. It's not viruses on a new thing, right. um, but let them go and assume the risk that they want to assume. Mm -hmm. um, and if they want to work and people want to give them their business voluntarily, allow them to have that sort of free. That's the solution. It's very cut and dry. And 
and it's very easy. But unfortunately, they apply the again the worst possible solution, and that's selling off assets of un- of unborn people, printing the money out of uh, thin air, devaluing money in the in the process. They do the, it's the worst possible solution instead of which is, is cut and dry. Nobody has to be out of any more money. At least let's get the economy back up and running, because the longer this this lasts, the worse it's going to possibly get. And you you eventually do, believe it or not, even American run out, can run out of people's uh, other people's money. But they're continuously piling up all this. They already deficit spend, obviously, but they're continuously adding to this debt and. It's the worst possible solution, but that's government. That's government like you, you. And I was calling this economic fascism months ago and people were piling on me uh, because I was calling it what it is like. Effectively, that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what it what it is. More so when you when you force businesses to close, you say you can work. um, You guys can't work. But if you guys want to operate, definitely, if you want a a little bit of uh, of our money, you have to follow all of these different rules um, and and so forth. And then the the peasants, the people that actually need the money, get the least of it, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. And this is the same sort of thing. So it's the worst possible solution that they ever could have possibly applied. And it's so easy. And that's what's so frustrating for someone like me to uh, to see this. Like, you know what the problem is. You always talk about trusting the science. You always talk about analyzing new information as it comes in. Now you got it. What are we doing? Why are we continuously kicking the can down the road? And I think it's because they. They, they moved that goalpost, right? It went from mm-hmm. flatten the curve right. to, uh, to eradicate the, virus the entire virus. <laughs> until which, we, yeah, yeah, we don't leave yeah. our homes until Save we eradicate the, the virus. Right, exactly. Yeah. It kind of it completely changed, but yeah. it's the worst solution. Yeah. Grant, do you ever feel, I mean, I feel like we are the guinea pigs in this new <laughs> American human experiment that they are just testing, right, for like, well, what do we do if we just shut down everyone's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, means of making money and throw some dollar bills at them and how will they handle it? How long will they stand for it? I mean, we are the guinea pigs. Right? I think, sadly, we've always been the guinea pigs. It's just they've upped the testing now. Yeah. Right? We, they, they have upped the ante when it comes to how far can they push us. And I do believe it's a socialism experiment to see how far we'll go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will also say that government has done things really bad through this whole thing. I get the first time around. You needed to help people. I was really worried about people getting food. Right. In America, that's right. not supposed to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they did things so backwards to the point where you collect unemployment insurance for the state of Texas and the government's going to fill your coffer with another $600 to the point where people are making more money yep. than their employer was. And their employer offers to have them come back to work and people say, no, I make more money sitting at home. That's yep. like the old welfare days. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Everything was backwards the way they went about this, including the question on the payroll protection Act. The question was, are you afraid this is going to affect your business down the road? Well, of course. Who the heck's not afraid of right. that? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. people whose businesses have increased yep. mm-hmm. got the payroll protection money, yep. mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars. God bless them for getting it, right? But you asked the question wrong. Are you negatively impacted? Right. Yep. If you'd make that check mark, half the money. Maybe less than half the money goes out that we sent to people. And and one thing, and Grant, you know this because you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. And and the other problem that you pointed out was you had some business owners who first get told by the government, you're not allowed to operate. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So I've got to send my employees home. Then their employees get unemployment and start making more than they were making working before. Then they say, hey, we're going to give you money. But you have to use the money to pay your employees. Okay. I get a loan. I get it. I call my employees back and I say, hey, employees, come back. I'll hire you. They say, I'm sorry, I'm making more on unemployment. But here's my problem. If I don't pay this money to employees in the next several months, I could get audited. Mm. So wait... I, you shut me down. You don't get audited. You got to pay the money. Yeah. Well, you, you have, have to, pay, to pay the money. So back. you have to pay the money back, but also it depends on how much money you got. So if you if you 
or over a certain threshold, I think it's like a couple million dollars, but some of the larger companies that literally got millions of dollars because they have tons of employees right. were in a situation where it's like, if you don't use this within a short period of time, the IRS can audit you. That was only over like a $2 million right. fine. And for these small business owners, they have to then turn the money back. Right. They're still a business owner who can't operate, who can't even find employees to work for. Them. Right. You're paying the employees. And now, by the way, we're going to come in and save everything. And that's where Republicans are going to have a really hard time because this has all been bipartisan supported the whole time. And now yeah. Democrats are going to come in with a huge nanny state. And what are Republicans going to do? Hey, um, we know the government has been massive and we've been all for that and we've been encouraging it. But this is now socialism. What are you going to do? Yeah. The now, Democrats yeah, now this is the lie. Because the Democrats had the idea, that's a bad idea. That's government we shouldn't. The Democrats have always known that the more you pay people from the government, the more they will be reliant on you and they will vote for you. Mm-hmm. And Republicans face a tough challenge come yeah. November when you're the one that doesn't want to hand out free money. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't have the excuse. We expect it from the Democrats, not from, uh, from the Republicans. All right, coming up next, Dallas Salon owner Shelley Luther was ordered and subsequently released from jail. We will have more on that story. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Books. So let me just tell you, especially if you uh, happen to be a husband out there who is like going to work and your wife is staying home, taking care of your kid, yeah. Um, we're working like way harder than usual this year. We don't have a day off. So you're gonna want to do something really special for your wife for Mother's Day. I'm just gonna leave it at that, all right? Uh, you can put smiles on mom's face each month with the flower subscription from Books. That is a subscription. Every month she gets these beautiful flowers. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, all right? You've heard it from me. It gets my stamp of approval. You will get 30% off plus free shipping every time. Subscriptions are really flexible, so you can switch up the delivery dates. You can pause it for a while if you want to, uh, and you can even change out your recipients. So send one to your wife, send one to your mom, send one to whoever. Uh, and also they have a gift trio for three months of Farm Fresh Blooms. Books are also responsibly sourced from some of the world's finest eco-friendly farms. They've got some on the sides of volcanoes, okay? So they know what it takes to stay fresher longer. Order anytime between now and May 31st to show mom some love and gratitude. You can go to books.com slash news. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash news. Uh, if you'd rather just buy just one book, just one bouquet at a time, you can still get 25% off right now. you got to enter promo code NEWS, though. Uh, so, by the way, for those of you who are still, you have to socially distance with mom, you can't see her, this is the way. This is the way to brighten her day. And, I, again, I'm just telling you, go big this year on Mother's Day for your wives, all right? We're handling a lot. You're lucky we're just even there and haven't run away yet, okay? Go big. Order books. Go to books.com slash news. Back in a minute. Quite a culmination of events happening over the last 24 hours for Shelly Luther. This is the salon owner of uh, Salon a la Mode here in Dallas. Uh, we've been covering the story all week. So she was ordered to be sent to jail because she reopened her hair salon business. Uh, and that, of course, went against the Dallas County Executive Order to shut her business down, even though the dog groomer, by the way, a couple doors down from her, was allowed to be open. Grooming your dogs is an essential business. Grooming yourself, apparently not. So Shelley Luther was ordered to seven days in jail. Uh, I would say probably the snowball happening when Governor Abbott put his order in place uh, to stay at home. Well, 
Now you have Governor Abbott, Ken Paxton, coming out yesterday, uh, stating, releasing statements, basically, just saying, hey, you know what? You guys really shouldn't be doing this. We didn't really think you guys were going to put anyone in jail over this. We don't really want this. Uh, and then this morning, Governor Abbott tweeted out, throwing Texans in jail whose businesses shut down through no fault of their own is wrong. I am eliminating jail for violating an order retroactive to April 2nd, superseding local orders. Criminals shouldn't be released to prevent COVID-19 just to put business owners in their place. This was also shortly uh, followed after that by uh, the decision by the Supreme Court of Texas to order Shelley Luther to be released from Dallas County Jail. Uh, she has been released. Gentlemen, I do want to get your thoughts on this, but let's let's go to, uh, here's a short clip of Shelley who uh, just had a, a few words but was clearly overcome with emotion right after she was released from jail. Watch. I'm okay, but I just want to thank all of you who I just barely met, and now you're all my friends. You mean so much to me, and this would have been nothing without you. Thank you so, so much, and I'll have more to say when I can gather myself, but I'm a little overwhelmed. I just want to thank you. Thank you, It's the pregnancy hormones, I swear. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so Shelly is free. She also raised, uh, I believe it's now over half yep. a million yeah, dollars for her legal defense fund. Uh, lots of people coming out in support of her, including Dan Patrick, who yesterday offered to pay her fines and also take the place, uh, which obviously didn't have to happen. But um, wow, what a whirlwind of events uh, to happen in Texas of all places. I'm glad she raised that money because I said to my fiance yesterday, maybe I should pay 500 bucks one of her day's fines. But now I don't have to do that. So thanks everybody <laughs> thanks else. Thanks everyone else. Appreciate you. <laughs> you know why I said I would do that though? Is because that woman is a civil rights yes. hero. Yes. Yep. She put herself above everything else or, and what she, what she, meant and believed in above everything else, including her well-being, going into the Dallas County Jail, which is not a fun place to be. No, it's not. No. I can speak from it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that's a whole other show. Yeah, that's yeah. a different show. <laughs> can we have that so, tomorrow? <laughs> this has been a wild roller coaster of emotions for me because I looked at her as a hero, and then this arrogant judge throws her into the clink for, for trying to support her family. Well, Grant. He gave her the option of kissing the ring and apologizing. That's right. And his arrogance of you're selfish and apologize mm -hmm. to Clay Jenkins, by the way. Don't ever apologize to Clay Jenkins for anything. <laughs> Pee in his office for all I care. <laughs> That'll also Sorry. get you in the Dallas County Jail. Yes, probably. For maybe probably. more than a week. And you won't be a civil rights hero. Yeah. And so, Don't really pee in his office so, unless you forget to take your dog out for too long. Your dog <laughs> Shelly Luther, Shelley Luther uh, I think I, I looked it up, and she's never voted in a Republican primary. And th this is not somebody who's been a political yeah. activist. Yep. She single-handedly got the governor of Texas to completely reverse his entire decision. So first he said salons cannot open. Then she opened her salon anyway. Then he had his communications director call her and say, the governor would love to talk to you about if you can help us know how to open salons. To which she said, cool. Mm -hmm. But I'm still open. And then the Dallas County people said, we want to put her in jail and enforce the governor's order. 
And then today he comes out and says retroactively, I'm going back and anybody who violated any of my orders from April 2nd on can't be punished. Now, so that is significant. And one of the reasons I think he also did was because he was under threat of the Texas Supreme Court ruling his actions unconstitutional, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're the governor Mm -hmm. and your own Republican Texas Supreme Court is about to rule your own executive order unconstitutional, you kind of need to change some things. And so, um, but none of that would have happened if Shelley Luther hadn't just said, I'm going to do this. I remember one of her statements when she said, I'm asking other salon owners not to send me money, but to open. Yeah, right. Because they right. can't put us all in jail. And yeah. sad that that didn't you know, continue. But uh, truly a courageous act of a woman who took on the local Democrats who were using the weapons given to them by the Republican governor and attorney general, who mm-hmm. both said that you should enforce this. And then when they did enforce it, they said, oh, you were too harsh. And now, now we're on the side of this person. So, uh, yeah, it's just amazing what one person can do if they're just not going to put up with the government telling them exactly whether they can or can't feed their family. Yeah, and that's what I enjoyed of it, you know, at all. And she she stuck with it, and that took a lot of guts, you know what I mean? Because she knew, again, she was going to get thrown in this bad, very bad, um, and, you know, environment. And, yeah, she wasn't there long, but, you know, she knew that she was under that threat. But she still told him, even, you know, when this <laughs> punk judge is like, hey, you apologize, like they're the ones, the victims, these elected right. officials, like that right. got me so riled up when I'm hearing them say all that. But yeah, I mean, she she said no. Like if you if this is what you're going to do, then go go do it. And she got a lot of support um, from it. And there's there's other instances where stuff like this has happened. I recently talked about what happened out of Laredo with yes. two yes. two uh, two women who were trying to do these, you know, basically similar things, more so operating out of their from own house, their house, yeah. house, which I thought that's what they told us to do, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, but apparently, <laughs> but apparently you can't do that. And it, it, they ended up going, you know, going to jail. I think their threat. I mean, I know that's more of a, a Laredo thing, but it was like 180 days. Oh yeah, and they're and, now uh, also going to be released. Awesome, right. awesome, yes. awesome. Yes. Which, which, yeah. is, which is awesome. So it's good to see that, and I'm, I'm glad that people are are starting to to highlight. Um, how nonsensical these these laws are. Um, it's just unfortunate that it, that's what it takes. People have to unfortunately go to jail. Um, we, we know a lot of people's livelihoods are already destroyed, mm-hmm. but um, it, it, it's sad that it has to get to that point. And yes, same thing. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I encourage people. I'm glad she encouraged everybody. Don't send me money. Open up yourself. You know what I mean? Right. I think to me, that's to me, I think what, what like there's no aggression here, man. There's no actual act of aggression in them opening up. If people want if you don't want to get your hair or your hair done, don't go. There's <laughs> right. also you know a testimony right. Right. to you, Sarah, and other voices who spoke out on Shelly because um, the reality yeah. is that those two women in Laredo that you pointed out had been put in jail. That information was already in front of the Republican governor, Republican attorney yep. general. Even after that happened, Ken Paxton doubled down and said, keep enforcing this. I'm right? glad you mentioned so that. So it wasn't until conservative voices said, this is a problem, that all of a sudden these Republican state officials say, you're right, it's a problem, I'm outraged. Yeah. And then they're all of a sudden reversing all of their yeah. direction. And so if conservatives don't speak up, often the politicians don't react because they're not sure right now what they believe government should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Republicans and Democrats alike. They have no idea yeah. what they think government should enforce, not enforce, tell people to do, not do. So it's all a grand experiment that they're figuring out. One of and, the problems um, that I think the Republicans have, and, and probably Democrats too, is that 
Republicans in power are very hesitant to speak out against another Republican that's in power. You know, if you're a Trump supporter and you call out something you don't like the president did, everybody jumps yeah, on you. Yeah, but you we can all bus. disagree. It's fine. <laughs> Yesterday, when Governor Abbott had said, you know what, we have a pardons parole system in place. You've got to go through the pardons board. You've got to do this. I'm not going to break that process. I said publicly, Governor you're the boss. You can throw that process out the window. You know she should not be in jail. Yet people were praising the governor for speaking out about this. Yeah. Yet they didn't want to call him out and say, hey, yeah. just pardon her. Forget the system. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Well, it was his his rules that, that kind of popped all of this off right. in the, yeah. in, in the yeah. first place. And, like, I mean, Dallas County did have their own. Yeah, absolutely. But it wouldn't have uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's where it started. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, the, the, like, I'm glad that we're, we're highlighting that he's he wasn't there. Um, and a, a lot of what he did and a lot of what he had advocated and a lot of, a lot of orders that he passed popped a lot of this off. And I don't I, I don't personally think that he deserves that much credit for going back on, on what he initially did, because Folks like yourself and us hold his feet to the fire, like do something um, about it or fix this fix this problem that you sort of you know created. I don't think he deserves that much much credit. But if y'all want to give it to him, I guess. Look, whatever. he corrected himself. Uh, I will say at least he listens to the constituents, right? right? I mean, it, he you can make a, a, an error in judgment, but if you're not listening listening to your constituents, we've really got a problem. President Trump often does That's that right. as well. He'll back up and and he'll change things. I leave with one thing. I am so grateful that I live in Texas. Because if this woman was in Illinois, she'd still be sitting in jail. Thank God we have a Texas Supreme Court that has been appointed uh, or, or run for elected. office, yeah. elected by uh, you know a red state. Because if we were in a blue state, it would be yeah. a very different situation. Shelley Luther would still be in prison. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, coming up next, Illinois churches cannot exceed 50 attendees now until there is a coronavirus vaccine, <laughs> a medicine, or just no new cases. You want to talk about yeah. government overreach. We will get into that. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So uh, if you are like most of us, your home is your most important asset. You know, it's your, your retirement nest egg. It's where you've got all of this equity. And you think that you own it. But uh, imagine for a second getting evicted for non-payment of a loan that you never took out. Uh, it happens all the time. It's called home title theft, and the FBI calls it one of the fastest-growing crimes. That's why I urge you all to get home title lock. So your home's title is kept online, uh, where it's just readily available there for hackers to go in, hack into it. They can forge your signature on your home's title, and then they file it, and they just they legally own your home. And so you could have someone just come knock at the door and be like, we're here to move in, and you're like, what are you talking about? This is my house. Uh, and come to find out, your bank doesn't cover you. Your insurance doesn't cover you. No identity theft program covers you. The only way I know, personally, to avoid this nightmare is to go to HomeTitleLock.com. Uh, you can register your address, see if you've already been a victim. You won't know it. Like I said, this all happens under wraps, and you don't know it until it's too late. So find out. Register your address. You can use promo code YWHY for 30 free days of protection to help you get through this crisis. That is promo code YWHY at HomeTitleLock.com. That is HomeTitleLock.com. All right. Uh, under Illinois Democrat Governor J.B. Pritzker's plan to reopen Illinois through all of this pandemic, churches are included in the restrictions that could limit gatherings of uh, more than 250 people or fewer for more than a year. So he's got these five phases of reopening based on, you know, if the cases are, are high, they're spiking, the rate of infection is high. And uh, they do not get to um, 
to this phase where they don't limit their gatherings until phase four. Uh, and then the final phase requires a vaccine treatment or the elimination of new cases over a sustained period of time. Don't see any uh, like details on that. That kind of would be key to know a sustained period of time through herd immunity or other factors. So right now their gatherings are limited to those who are deemed essential and uh, gatherings need to be 10 or fewer people. Um, vaccine. I I personally would not like to take a vaccine that has not been re rigorously tested uh, at a bare minimum. We haven't put this one in rats yet, but we're pretty sure. <laughs> right, right. Well, we really want to reopen the economy. What India, could possibly go wrong? Yeah, there was a village. Yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. seriously, truly. And, of course, I know vaccines gets people all heated when you bring up the topic of vaccines. But, I mean, let's bring it up in the sense that let's talk about the fact Ugh. that when in history have we ever required a vaccine to be brought forth to go ahead and continue with our lives. Well, you could ask Rick Perry about that, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not go down that let's road. Let's not go down that road right <laughs> Piss now. Piss me off all over again. Uh, all right, yeah. so, so, <laughs> so look, you want to know, know the best thing you can do to protect yourself from this is stay in shape and get healthy. And if you do that, you are not going to die from coronavirus. I get that there's one-offs here or there. The media is going to you know, blow out of proportion. You get healthy and you live right, you're not going to die from this thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is look at science. I, I wish the governor of Illinois would look at Andrew Cuomo made a little tiny comment that nobody's covering, that 66% of all hospitalizations in New York, guess what? They were all staying at home. They were all quarantined. We actually, um, you said no one's covering it. Oh, we are. We had it ready this for the show. Said. We had it ready for the show. So let me, let me go ahead and play that uh, as we go through this conversation. Watch. This is a surprise. Overwhelmingly, the people were at home. Uh, where there's been a lot of speculation about this. A lot of people, again, had opinions. A lot of people have been... Uh, arguing uh, where they come from and where we should be focusing. But if you notice, 18% of the people came from nursing homes. Less than 1% came from jail or prison. 2% came from the homeless population. 2% from other congregate facilities. But 66% of the people were at home, uh, which is shocking to us. <laughs> were they working? No. Uh, they were retired or they were unemployed, only 17% working. So that says they're not working, they're not traveling, they're predominantly downstate, predominantly minority, predominantly older, predominantly non-essential employees, and that's important. We were thinking that maybe we were going to find a higher percentage of essential employees who were getting sick because they were going to work, that these may be nurses, doctors, transit workers. That's not the case. My goodness, I'm so shocked. Uh, <laughs> great minds think alike, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I mean, you hadn't been watching your show, obviously, because you've been telling them all those things for weeks. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, I mean, to that point, he said, what, 2% of the homeless population? They've counted. I mean, you're talking about a population who lives outside. They mm -hmm. live in the dirtiest conditions, yeah. presumably, that yeah. you can live in in New York City. They live on top of each other, and yet they still only have a 2% infection rate. Yep. And, and But don't go to salons, and don't go to beaches, and don't go because... 
you're going to stay home and that's where you're going to be And safe. I can't go to the gym where I can get healthy and make sure that I'm going right. to be protected. And, you still t- and, I, and I come from the gym industry, which we, we, we tend to keep the machines a lot yes. cleaner than um, Walmart, maybe, yes. um, and other places <laughs> like, like that. You're shutting down the places that, that actually yeah. have the sanitizer yeah, and exactly, they go and clean. Yeah, which, which is very odd. But yeah, I mean, this isn't news right here. Right. Maybe it's news to him and maybe some of the tests kind of confirm this, but we already kind of had those tests rolling out months ago that were saying that this thing was far more widespread than they initially anticipated. Now, some doom and gloomers may see that as bad news. Mm-hmm. That's a great news because what it says is that it brings that infected fatality rate down a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, this is what I always thought. I'm like, if it's con- as contagious as you guys are claiming that it is, then Who's to say that we don't already got it? And who's to say just because someone is, uh, you know, staying cooped up in the house, definitely in an area like that where they share the same, you know, HVAC systems Mm -hmm. and AC and all of that. Who's to say that they aren't going to get it? Either, either way it goes. And that's what basically he's highlighting. Like, oh, well, we, we're so surprised. Like, well, you guys have been shot, saying that it was, just, it was just contagious. So it's almost like they're just going through the motions, which is what a lot of um, and more doctors and stuff, they told us to trust these guys, uh, trust the epidemiologists. It's not the ones that, that, that disagree with them. Mm-hmm. But the ones that had been disagreeing with them had been saying that what the, the, the flatten the curve, they always thought it was a bad idea because what it does is it prolongs this, you know what I mean? And te- instead of like, we, we're supposedly building this herd immunity. Well, you got to catch it, you know what I mean? To, uh, to get it. But that, that was the whole idea. So it's more so we're going through the motions. And that's what I always thought. I was like, is there really truly any concrete evidence that this whole shelter in place thing is actually working when you're seeing in definitely different countries, different states that you're getting different results, like where South Korea or Sweden doesn't shut down um, and they have lower death rates per million than the Italy's of the world and Spain and Belgium mm-hmm. and, and so forth. So it's like, do we, what proof do we have? I know it sounds great, right? All the social distancing, shelter in place sounds like a great idea, but where's the actual proof that this is actually, definitely when you consider that you're funneling everybody to the Walmarts and the Home Depots, Look, Walmart down the street from my house is as busy as it has ever been. Um, I've never the seen only place it that big. Bingo! Like, <laughs> if, if I wanted to go to Hobby, like you know, my lady has her own craft shop. Yeah. She wanted to go to Hobby Lobby. She couldn't go to Hobby yeah. Lobby, but who, who was open was Walmart. Yep. And obviously, if you have like certain areas that have the curfews, you know, they turn it. They turned a 24-hour facility into a well. You got to go between eight and and, and yeah, seven. Right. So now you're funneling all of these people to the same place because other options. So I'm like, do we actually? have proof that this is even working because it's not like people i mean does the again i said this last show does the virus stop at the walmart doors and it doesn't <laughs> like from my knowledge the walmart doesn't have magic doors that the coronavirus sees and they're like oh no we can't go into walmart right. so we turn around like it's not how it works so i don't think we ever had proof but what this does is solidifies that Yes, it's, it's, it's very contagious. It's very infectious. That's not necessarily a bad thing if you consider that it, go, it does bring the infected fatality. Give me an idea. You hold on, no, no, no. Hold ideas. that thought really quick. Okay. Hold it really quick. I want to, I want, I'm sorry. Okay. I want to get it after the break. But we got to take a break. First, we want to uh, thank our sponsor, Bambi. So HR issues, if you're an entrepreneur, you know this. HR issues can kill you. You can leave yourself open for wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. It's a lot to know. And HR manager salaries are an average of $70,000 a year. That's a lot 
for a small business owner. So Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. They give you a dedicated HR manager. They already know all the rules and regulations. They keep you uh, in compliance for $99 a month. Uh, You can change HR with Bambi from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. It is something that really has saved a lot of businesses. You have that dedicated HR manager available by phone, email, or real-time chat, uh, and they will customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day. Again, $99 a month. That is a steal. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You can go to Bambi.com slash matters to schedule your free HR audit. That is Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash matters to schedule your free HR audit. Back in just a minute. All right, Grant, go. All right, so Eric gave me a great idea. For left-wing ideology and the ding-dongs that they are, okay, why don't, I'm surprised their solution has not been virus-free zone signs. (laughs) You just put them on every building, virus-free zone, like they do with gun-free zones, and everyone should be protected. Yeah, it's that easy. It's that easy. Virus-free zone. That's perfect. That's perfect. (laughs) Um, No, but I do worry, you know, Eric, you brought up uh, what what evidence do we have that this is even working. It is something that I constantly am worrying about these days, that they are going to use this confirmation bias as, like, well, look how much worse it would have been. Look at all these models that were just projections based off of nothing, right? Look how many lives we saved. We've got to do this every time now. Yeah, I no, mean, that, you totally I, see the government I think, doing Oh, that? absolutely. I, th- I think we should definitely, if they see that they can get away with it, mm-hmm. they're going to for sure do it again. And that's what makes this whole thing nonsensical. We've never shut everything down for something um, like this. Again, like I talked about viral mono- pneumonia, excuse me, that's been a thing. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not associated with influenza, it has absolutely no cure. But we didn't shut the whole entire country down uh, for that and other bacteria and germs that may kill the wrong person if they get it. Yeah. I don't understand what we're doing. I think we're just going through the motions. Crazy, Luke. I'm just scared that they don't need data and they don't need anything to make sense for them to make their decisions. Governor Abbott, uh, when he was saying that he doesn't want gyms to open up until the 19th, said here's the the rules that they need to abide by. And they're going to open up on the 19th. So a reporter said, well, why can't they open up tomorrow? Right. And his answer was, well, it's going to take them until the 19th to put these things in in motion. And you have to think about that. So for a second, so you're a Republican governor and you're saying if you can't even abide by the government's rules tomorrow, you're not allowed to open because I think y'all are good to open on the 19th. So think about that. We're not even asking the government to prove from a data perspective. And most of these officials aren't even giving data behind their decision making. Because because I've watched every one of Governor Abbott's press releases, press conferences he's done, and you watched Governor Cuomo's press conferences he's done. They show a lot of data, but then the data is not what supports each of their individual decisions. It's basically based on all this vomiting of data Salons are closed. Yeah. Why? Why? Right. I, none of the data you, said that everyone's getting about salons. They're closed. Okay. <laughs> Why? That's true. So it's kind of scary that people could actually just decide you're not essential and you're closed. That's Why? Yeah. Have you seen all this data? And right. so that's the really bad that's precedent true. we're setting. It's true. non-essential. That's essential right. worker thing's hilarious. When you listen to him talk about it, non-essential. It's not the poor non-essential workers. I know. Yeah. Last I checked, my workers were essential. That's all of them. Yeah. My oil chain shop. At my trucking company, every single one of them. I don't eat unless they're working. Yeah. Well, they and don't. That, I mean, they and don't. They eat, certainly right? don't eat. My, if they're my not work, working. whatever I do, is essential yeah. to feed my family. Yeah, government. That's right. All right, back in a minute. Oh. 
yesterday's poll, what would be the hardest thing to sit through and watch beginning to end? I couldn't pick. They all sounded awful. Uh, you guys said Becoming by Michelle Obama. 61% of you said that, uh, followed by Biden's podcast at 24%. The Cuomo brothers bantering at 9% and reliable sources at 6%, which, by the way, I just would like to say again, I told the guys yesterday, Brian Stelter, 34 years old. Blew my mind when I found that out. The, I mean, dude's had a hard life, apparently. Uh, all right, today's poll, who is the most corrupt politician in America? Your options are, this is tough too, Adam Schiff, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, or Nancy Pelosi. I, you got to go Clinton, right, when she's asked? Yeah. I mean, I there's a so. lot there. Okay, so yeah. Hillary Clinton, Grant says, what do you think, Luke? Schiff, it's Biden, Cl- Clinton, or Pelosi? Clinton followed by Schiff. Okay. I go Clinton. Clinton. Sure. I got to go Clinton. Yeah. I mean, it's hard it's when Clinton's in there. But it's, it's, it's funny because you can criticize Joe Biden for yes. some of the same things you yes. can get Clinton for. And that's what if I was going to say is like, I think, president, we'd know and, and I think <laughs> Joe Biden's has kind of gone under the radar for so yeah. long that it's hard to really like pinpoint and quantify yeah. Yeah. without a Glenn Beck chalkboard anyway. Uh, all right. Let us know what you guys think. You can go to the Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at the Blaze. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you, Sarah. It's been a fun one. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.